into the Gronk Squad. That's crazy. We've committed to do the Daily Talk Show for 10 years. Hi, hey guys. Hi, guys. Put it in the calendar. Oh, that one in. I'd just like to check the temperature in the room. I told you my squeegee story. It is outrageous. Come on, let's go. It's the Daily Talk Show, episode 967. And we got Pete Shepard. Hey, Tim. Back in we the building. In? Yeah, yeah, we're yeah, clapping we're in. Back Clap in the actual building. This is great. None Thanks this, for having me. None of this fake internet. Stuff. I'm just checking my framing. Yeah, you're, you you're not bad, yourself. mate. Oh, go. go We're appropriately distanced too, I think. This is yes. Good. Yeah, yeah. So this is um, first guest back in the studio. Mm-hmm. You're not even a guest. <laughs> your family. Just, yeah, I yeah, don't know yeah. if that's a compliment or an insult. Yeah, yeah. No, you just nah. you're staying. Nah. <laughs> get out. <laughs> Why are you here? <laughs> mate, get out. No, I'm serious. <laughs> Fuck off. No, no, no. Uh, great to have you in the building, mate. I always love your energy uh, and I feel like it's at a time where... If you've listened to the last couple of days, Josh's energy has been a little bit flat. Mm. And bit so negative. A bit negative, which yeah. you're, I've never been around you and been negative. We expended a bit of emotional labor earlier in the week, mm-hmm. explaining yeah. what's happening in the business and mm-hmm. sharing pretty vulnerably for what, an hour and a half or so? I thought that was- It was a long, we weren't even planning on doing it on that, like it- we literally said, oh, maybe we should mention it. And then we just well, we do a 20 minute rip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it just happened. 90 minutes later. What have you been up to? What's going on? Just, you know, working still from home, uh-huh. contemplating mm. the co-working space. We were just talking about this before. Whether Zoom, or not to go back. Zooming a lot. Still lots of Zoom, mm. still lots of podcasting, still lots of conferences and workshops and speaking and coaching and all that. So mm-hmm. much the same, really. I yeah. realized the other day that it's been basically 12 months of us doing this from home. Well, for me, from home. Yeah. And previously, I told myself a story. There was no way I could work from home. I tried it for a week about three years ago. I was like, I could just work from home. Tried it for a week. And I was like, absolutely not. There's no way I could ever do that. And I went to a co-working space. That was almost four years ago. Mm-hmm. And so, it's wild to think that we've been doing it. I've been doing it for a year. My partner, Tracy, has been working for a giant company at home for a year. And I mean, everyone's doing this. So, it's 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 crazy. Mm. It can be done. Yeah, it can be. Yeah. I mean, there's... it. It's all about the story, right? Mm. Because there's probably some big business that are telling the story of we can't. This yeah. is fucked. Yeah. And how much? How much are you listening to your own stories, Peter Shepherd? Ooh, uh, quite a lot, I think. But I'm always trying to oh, like probably. I mean, we all listen to. We all tell. If you're telling yourself a story, yeah, you, you've actually you're embodying it. Mm. But how much are you stopping and identifying? Ah, this is just a storyteller, Peter. Oh, all the time, yeah. I think that's why, you know, you, you practice mindfulness with the Sam Harris app. I do the same thing. But, like, often you find, I don't know if you find this, but you'll catch yourself saying something or coming up with an excuse for something like I just did, like, oh, I couldn't possibly have worked from home. And then you mm. go, wait a minute. Is that true or is it just a story I'm telling myself? Mm. And in that case, clearly a story I'm telling myself. And so the latest one that I'm trying to figure out and, and trying to unpack for myself is- Tofu is better than tuna. What's better? <laughs> yeah. What's quicker? <laughs> that was some pre-show banter. Yeah, yeah. Was it quicker to just quickly fry tofu, yeah, four minutes each side? Yeah. Done. <laughs> or tuna. The problem with tuna, I find, firstly, the smell. Yeah, Secondly, yeah. you need a couple of tins and then you've got the tins and it's a whole situation. True. You, yeah. Why do you need a couple of tins? Oh, because I eat quite a bit. I'm quite a So, quite a large two kin, t- sorry, two tins yeah. per session to get enough protein uh-huh. tj you would know to yeah, get enough yeah, protein yeah, yeah. Oh, i know a lot about protein <laughs> <laughs> sorry that was, that was no no it's true i don't know yeah. so i would need I, I would need two tins yeah it was accurate and so um do you have to watch how much uh metals or whatever you know how they say that it's got something in it yeah i've heard that about mm-hmm. tuna but i've yeah, not but usually people who eat tuna aren't thinking mm-hmm. like that <laughs> yeah, it's, <laughs> it's usually, usually the guys that never eat tuna and so what were you contemplating or was that really yeah. what you were going to say no the contemplation was the co-working space uh-huh. it's been the the story i now can tell myself is oh i can work from home full time i think everyone has sort of proven that over the last 12 months but it's just because you can does does that mean you should mm-hmm. and so now i'm looking at well, what's the benefit of going into an office twice a week or three times a week or back to full time and I think everyone's going through this like mm. questioning of what's working and what's not and what benefit is there to all in or half in. or mm. So, I'm just trying to get some clarity in that for myself. Yeah. When, when do you think it's okay to call out someone else's story that you're obviously seeing as, you know, it's not working for them? Mm. Like if I was to call out Josh or you to call mm-hmm. out me, Josh. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're a coach, so it's like- yeah. A coach is usually asking questions versus telling advice, but as if you don't want to. 
Yeah, I, I think you just don't want to say. If totally, I think all this shit. Yeah, <laughs> is that a story you're telling yourself? Yeah, yeah. Which with the right client, you, I think you could just ask that. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's a story you're telling yourself, or is that a story you're telling yourself? But I think with coaching in particular, it's can I get them to realize that without telling them that? Because mm. it's more powerful, more memorable if they realize, oh, I'm telling myself a story, than versus if I tell them. I think that the example I always draw on just for my own sanity and mental model is I used to really like math or maths. Spend too much time with Americans. Math or maths. Or it's not maths, which Josh loves. <laughs> Married at first sight. <laughs> no, no, the subject is school. Yeah, yeah. yeah mathematics. Good, good. Yeah. It's clearing no, out. Oh, maths is good though. <laughs> I'm like- Me tuna know. and maths. Yeah, my tuna. <laughs> I'm really revealing all my quirks here, aren't I? Tuna and maths and tofu. What a catch. Yeah. And- so I used to enjoy like a really solid algebra equation where you spend all this time trying to figure out next step, next step, next step. And sometimes you spend half a page trying to figure out the answer to this problem. And then you get the answer and you flick to the back of the textbook and you look at the answer and you go, oh, yes, I got it right. And it's like quite satisfying versus if someone next to you just said, oh, TJ, the answer is 12. We're like, oh, I mean, thanks, but mm. I didn't learn anything. Nothing's memorable. I didn't practice the process of figuring that out. And I think coaching is the same. I think the conversation we're having at the moment is the same where it's more empowering to the individual. It's more memorable. It's more helpful if they figure that out themselves that, oh, mm. I'm telling myself a story. Algebra. Yeah. Are you using it at all now? <laughs> Only in this metaphor. It's yeah. been super useful for yeah. this metaphor. No, because yeah. I would love to, like I did well with algebra. Like did you? I, year so eight. I year eight. It. That's the only time. Like I peaked. think that's when. Algebra skills peaked. Yeah. I yeah. think that was when they maybe introduced it. Yeah. Well, like it year eight. Seven, eight, 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 eight. Yeah. yeah. I got a, there was one test I got 100% with maths. That's outrageous. Yeah. Well done. Um, thank you. Never forget. <laughs> but I can't imagine. So the idea being, mm. how would you explain algebra to someone? Oof. If a kid asks, hey, Pete, what's algebra? I guess it's, I mean, it's a mathematical way to solve a problem. Would be, uh-huh. and so you'd have uh, you'd have letters and stuff. Yeah, that represent solve things. for x was often what it was. Yeah, and so it would be like if x plus y, mm-hmm. and so then all you'd have to do, right? Am I getting this right? You just have to work out what x was worth. Exactly. So it was often the there was a, an equation, mm-hmm. but one of the numbers was represented by the letter x, and yeah. you had to figure out what that x was, mm-hmm. and the way you did that was by. Mm-hmm. Following the method and putting this here and dividing here and timesing by there. There's some brackets involved. Brackets were involved for sure. So yeah. you were genuinely stimulated by that. I loved process. it. Problem solving. Yeah, I really like problem solving. Well, I mean, working out how many pubs you can get to in one night is also it's a also math. Of Very helpful. It's Very problem helpful. solving. Yeah, but it but it's interesting because I, I I didn't even know what that was. What algebra was? I didn't do year eight. <laughs> but it's um, <laughs> you did year eight. No, no, I did year eight. I'm just being silly. <laughs> Didn't really but do you anything in year eight. Did, but you, yeah, you didn't do. You were there. Right. I, I did it. You were present. I didn't do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah you were yeah. present. Present. <laughs> Love mm-hmm. presents. Um, no, but the you understanding that you like that or connecting that to coaching mm. is it? What are, What are some other examples of life where you're problem solving that you don't like? Because mm. problems can be fucking annoying. Yeah. Or mm-hmm. is that a story? Do you just see it as like? Like, why is a kid stimulated mm. by algebra? Yeah. Then- I think there's something in figuring it out. I don't know if you see this with Bodhi, mm. but like him figuring out how to walk for the first time or figuring out how to open the fridge for the first time. There's something in like, I'm curious about how things work and I want to figure out how they work. Mm. And there's a like a reward mechanism in our brain that rewards us when we figure that thing out. So, I think it's, it's probably as simple as that. It's Algebra is one example of it, but really it's- being curious enough to try and understand how things work and then the dopamine hit, we get rewarded for that and say, oh, I want to do that again. God, how many adults are not seeking that because it's painful, right? Right. Problem solving is painful. Yeah. But then they're just avoiding problems. Mm. Yeah. Doesn't mean you don't experience problems. Mm. It just means that you aren't willing to stimulate your mind in a way that's going to solve them. Well, and I wonder too, like if- the way to get better at solving problems is to practice solving problems. I wonder if you avoid them for so long when they come up that it just becomes harder and harder for you to even be able to cope with that because you've not practiced because you've avoided. Yeah, it's like your bicep problems. being stronger than your tricep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Your bicep being- you got this problem? The procrastination. <laughs> Do you? No, I don't. It's got great I've looking got, biceps. Yeah, but I, my triceps are stronger, are I reckon. They? Well, because okay. I can do heavy bench. Yeah. But I can't like- 
the not a curler. No, I don't curl too much. Mm. Chins, like it's all you know. But what about finding problems? Like one thing that TJ and I have spoken about is that I have found that I'll go from problem to problem. Ah, uh, yeah. The problem guy. Yeah, the- yeah. It's like, oh, <laughs> like so the thing is you'll get something sorted and then you're like, okay, I've sorted that out. Yeah. Now I'm you're right, TJ's sipping out of his straw. That's yeah, the yeah, cup. That's fine. Also, thank you for yeah, the yeah. 1.2 litre cup. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, the Wendy's cup. Thank you, Larry. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, the... I guess problem solving, like that's a criticism of men a lot, which is like we want to solve mm. every single problem. Yeah, our own, others. Yeah, yeah. every yeah, definitely others. Yeah, yeah. 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 mainly always, others. Yeah. Yeah, 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 it's more fun. Mm-hmm. You, you know, disconnect. You can actually just go home, but it's not necessarily. <laughs> but it's not the, the best thing. Like, of course, so, like trying to solve every problem no. isn't necessarily your job. Not at all. And in fact, it's. I think back to that example, it's not helpful yeah. to solve other people's problems. I mean, it can be if if someone comes to you and says, hey, JJ, mm-hmm. could you help me solve this problem or whiteboard some yeah. solutions to this problem? That's like a creative brainstorming exercise. That's yeah. helpful. But if someone's just sharing something they're working on or something they're struggling with and we just default to problem solving mode, they might just be like, I'm, mm. I'm not, I don't want your problem mm-hmm. solving. I'm just here. I just want to share. Yeah. So, it, there's, a, there's definitely a danger in it. The, mm-hmm. There's a muscle in act- it's constantly being activated in trying to solve problems because mm. there is a version of dropping it in Sam Harris's app, waking up. There is a moment where he often says, and I've done this outside of the practice, mm. um, drop everything right now. Yeah. So you drop your big cup. No, but you just, there's nothing to solve in the next 10 minutes. Yeah. And when you're fucking in a headspace of solving yeah. and problem, you know, it's liberating. How good is it when he says that? Because it is. It's just a moment where you can, you're like, oh, my God. Yeah. Like, I even find in bed when your mind's racing, mm-hmm. when I just like, imagine if nothing's an issue. Yeah. And then you're like, well, there it is. Yeah. It's there. It's there for us to access. Yeah. But we just, the muscle is so, and our biceps are so big yeah. in the problem solving space. I love that. And then he often follows it up by saying, and what if this is enough? Yeah. Just this. And you sort of like, oh, yeah. Mm. Everything's okay for that, like for that moment at least, until you start thinking of the the next thing that you're mm. worried about. <laughs> you're working with a, a bunch of artists, yeah. You know that are in New York. What what is it like at the moment? Pretty there? brutal. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, still even twelve months later. So they don't. So theater artists in particular, they don't have stages to perform on. So mm-hmm. they've been innovating and figuring things out for the last twelve months. Many of them have quite geniusly figured out how to leverage their skills, i.e. creativity and empathy and storytelling to transition into full-time work or into freelancing. So a lot of them are, you know, making lemonade. Mm -hmm. But underneath all of that is this like anxiety and kind of existential tension that you can feel, which is like, when are we going to be able to do the thing that we actually want to do? So Mm. if they're an an actor that's, you know, gotten paid Mm. to do a musical or something. Yeah. Are they getting paid anything at the moment? Overnight, they got taken back to nothing mm-hmm. except for their equivalent of JobKeeper, mm-hmm. which what is com- that? Do you comparison know comparison ours was terrible. Mm-hmm. And then prior to the election, there was a period of time where it had ended mm-hmm. and Trump decided not to reinstate it until after the election. And so there was a period of time where they were literally getting nothing for, mm-hmm. for yeah, and then, and then lost their- entire career have they moved back to family like are they like what is it what does it look like i can imagine a lot of people losing their like leases because like they can't afford it yeah i think most of the friends that i have in new york in this industry have left new york Mm -hmm. which is weird and many of them are living back with their parents which Mm -hmm. they'll gladly admit is like weird and uncomfortable and not where they want to be and you know they'd be kind of our age and yeah i just often think wow imagine if that happened to us what happened to you you just couldn't do the thing that you wanted to do. And so you went and lived with your parents, hopped on Zoom with a bunch of other artists and tried to figure it out together, which they're doing and they're innovating and it's incredible. Like the work that my my good friend and co-host Jen Waldman is doing is amazing. And I also know it's it's not necessarily what they want to be doing. They don't mm-hmm. want to be living in this world where their industry doesn't exist. So it's, it's brutal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's brutal. I imagine that travel, hospitality, those kind of industries, like it's been a brutal 12 months. Mm-hmm. Well, New York especially, it's yeah, a th- you know, thousands and thousands of dollars a month to live. Well, this is the thing. You start doing the maths and you're like, why am I bothering to pay? algebra. 
doing some algebra. Yeah, this yeah, is yeah. where algebra comes in, TJ. <laughs> super X, handy. X, X. Where you solve for X, yeah. which is how much I need to live and isolate in a tiny shoebox. Why yeah. wouldn't you go home and save some money and live at your parents? Mm. Yeah. I mean, even travel, all of those sorts of things, completely out of the window. Well, that's the weird thing about America, though, mm-hmm. is a lot of people were still traveling around. Yeah. Well, not a lot. I don't know that for sure. Domestically. But, but yeah. domestically, mm-hmm. like in order to get from New York, for mm-hmm. example, to your family home, many of them had to get on a plane. Yeah. And yeah. the prospect of getting on a plane for us here in Australia, we just physically haven't been able to do it. So, mm-hmm. it's it's sort of this weird dichotomy or this weird other yeah. other world almost where things are worse for them. And domestically, they kind of had more free have more freedoms than mm-hmm. we have had. So it's, it's well, we don't even have. So you come from a small country town, mm. and you go to one of our big cities. It's doable. It's maybe not for everybody, but you can go and earn an okay wage and get an okay rental. Mm. Whereas those places, uh, okay rental is fucking expensive. Outrageous. A yeah. shitty rental yeah. is expensive yeah. and shit. Yeah. <laughs> and then, it, it, so it's like the opportunity was all in the city. Yes. Where we don't have a place like There's a lot of opportunities in the big cities. Yeah. That's why a lot of those people love going there because it's the place where no one's there to just be stagnant. Yeah. Everyone it's, goes yeah. there to progress their career or their project or the thing they're working on, which is awesome if that's what you're doing. But if you're just there and no one's doing that, you do come to that point where you're like, well, what's the point in this? Why are we paying for this? And so then on that ambition, there's obviously a lot of ambition. If you're going to go to New York City and mm. give it a crack, you need to be really ambitious. Totally. What have you noticed about ambitious people during this time? Are there people who do a bunch of things? And But what's the opposite? Is there anyone that's like, no, nah, I'm fucking done? Totally. I think I've observed some take that ambition and just put it somewhere else. Mm -hmm. So Jen turned her entire business into a virtual studio where she is now expanding her audience to be helping people, artists from right around the world as opposed to just those in New York City. So her ambition just changed direction slightly. But then you get some that are like, well, I'm out. I'm tapping out. I'm just Mm going to wait 12 months. Some of them have either just gone back home and are living with their parents and are maybe doing some freelancing on the side. Others have just gone... I'll just take a 12-month pause and go and mm-hmm. live in a different state and work a full-time job and they're just uh, you know, working in an office and have like entirely tapped out of that industry for now. But I suspect if and when it comes back, they'll start to re-engage with mm-hmm. it. I so who's, who's the happiest out of the, those sort of lots? Have you noticed any sort of- What he's fishing for is if Josh taps out, is he going to be real happy yeah, living yeah, in yeah. a country just, town? Yeah. I don't think there's a clear uh-huh. answer either way. I think mm-hmm. I've, I've witnessed people that have flipped their ambition get so overwhelmed by the fact that they've had to flip their ambition. And yeah. Like, why do I have to do this to just do the thing I want to do and like get so overwhelmed and burnt out? And I've witnessed people who are back in, they found, oh, corporate's kind of interesting for a few months and now they're like, oh, my God. Like I'm a creative person. I do not want to be in corporate and they're, mm-hmm. you know, borderline miserable. So it's, yeah. there's no, I don't think there's any real winner. Mm-hmm. When the going gets tough, tough get going. My mum used to say that a couple <laughs> of you know, times. Tough, tough. Yeah. But I was, I was like, mum. The nah. going gets tough, the tough, tough get going. Tough get going. So just, That's a story, mum. Yeah, yeah. No, what is that? What's a convenient story? What like, is if you've got something hard you're facing, yeah. that's when you ramp up. Take but action, yeah. I, I, I don't think it's necessarily true because when the going gets tough, it can also be horrible mm. and you don't like that. It doesn't roll off the tongue, Not every- does it? <laughs> <laughs> when the going gets tough, it can get very, very horrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you just want to quit. <laughs> yeah. You know, but that's... And so what are the stories of the people who have switched it up? Like, what are you identifying? What is the... What's the... Because we do stories to make ourselves feel comfortable or mm. get through tough stuff. What is um, the story that is getting people through, do you think? I think the like short-term experiment story has been very common and very helpful is, okay, I'm going to try this on for 12 months or now maybe 18 months and frame that as an experiment for myself, learn a bit about the corporate world, maybe save some money because I'm getting a full-time salary and and kind of just frame it as an experiment. That's been probably the most helpful and productive story I've seen. But even within that, you still have moments, of course, where you're like, well, I'm sick of this experiment. This experiment sucks. So, what does future thinking Mm. look like? So, I can imagine with coaching, people are talking about their ambitions, what they're going to do next, where they're wanting to head. How do you goal set Mm. uh, for a world where we don't know what the future necessarily looks like? What's a great question. Super tricky. I think the most important part of goal setting is to accept the given circumstances, accept our reality and- 
our reality at the moment is we don't know. Mm-hmm. So it's like this weird non-answer to your question, which is you have to set a goal or set goals with the acknowledgement that you can't necessarily be sure if they're even possible. So it's like, I don't know if that So helps. what are your goals? Because when we, you know, uh, a year or so ago, mm. uh, you were talking about, you know, you had your TEDx yeah. talk. Yeah, I was going and, to New York for five weeks. Yeah. Remember that? No, that's right. <laughs> oh, you had it booked in and everything. Yeah. And so, like, yeah, there's a huge amounts of change in, in that regard. Even yeah. the idea of doing, you know, speaking events. What does a goal look like for you in this present moment? Mm. I think I try and frame goals more through the lens of something that is more of a process or a practice or unaffected by the environment. So my goal, really, at the moment, is to do meaningful work with interesting people which is vague enough and not reliant enough on an environmental circumstance or of coronavirus that I think I could be able to do that regardless of what happens. And that I've, I've found personally quite helpful. So for me, meaningful work with interesting people at the moment, that looks like coaching and teaching and speaking and podcasting and talking to you guys. But in a year's time, if none of that's possible, then I have to be able to hopefully figure out what that means for me in that moment. So it gives me a little bit of an out, which I actually think is a good thing because I'm not my identity isn't caught up in in coaching. My identity isn't caught up in podcasting or speaking or all. It, it's sort of like my identity is to try and do meaningful work with interesting people and that at the moment looks like these things. What do you do when you wake up and you don't feel good? I try and go for a I, – I think when in doubt, get fresh air has been something I've written down a few times in the last few, in the last few weeks, in the last few months and – Is that instinctive? Like so when you're feeling that way, do you want to go outside? Oh, no. No, I just know I, I try and remember that I'll feel better as a result of it, which is sometimes true, but sometimes I just feel crap. Mm-hmm. Like I'm mm-hmm. a human being like the rest of us. Some days you just don't feel good. And I, I, my mum always used the word melancholy growing up. I, I, really, I quite like that word where some days I just have a melancholy day mm-hmm. and go back to problem solving. Usually what I try and do is like, okay, I have to solve this problem. I feel myself being melancholy. I need to go for a walk. I need to go for a swim. I need to get fresh air. And then often it might get to lunchtime or whatever, and I don't feel that much better. And I'm like, you know what? Maybe today is just a melancholy day. Maybe mm-hmm. this is just, that's just what today is. And so do you then communicate that to the people around you? So do you, are you aware that if you're having – so I feel like sometimes I come at it with it like I've got a sh- – I'm not feeling well, mm. so I'm going – but I'm – so I need to add an extra 10% mm. of positive energy to every interaction just to – maybe have some sort of normal. Mm. But then there's the other one, which is like, there's been the last couple of days, which is like, I'm not in a good mood. Mm. And so I'm going to fuck everyone's day. (laughs) (laughs) What a monster. What a monster. No, I think, so. (laughs) Which one are you doing that? No, I don't think you're doing the 10% happy. I think the, I I try to do the 10%, but I I see the, I see the appeal. I see the appeal (laughs) in, no, I, I see looking at the negative in, in everything. So mm. just seeing the – and so it's it's maybe not even – it's not being a – like, yeah, I, I should clarify because there are fuckwits that actually live their life mm. d- just doing that and not being aware and all that sort of thing. Yeah. But there's an element which is like – I think like talking to Bree, mm. I, I'll go to the extreme end of like, ah, oh, I'm done, I'm fuck it. Like I just like – I feel like I need to get out. Yeah. The doomsday, like not even that there's truth Mm -hmm. to everything, yeah. But it's just like, oh, what happened if I go really, really (laughs) negative? Yeah. What is every like? I need to be lifted up. Yeah. So maybe if I go just say everything that's on my mind, Mm. then there can be a good solution. I think, like personally, I would Mm -hmm. confide in certain people. Mm -hmm. I've done this with you when Mm -hmm. you and I walk. I might just say. I'm feeling like shit today. Mm-hmm. I'll happily have that conversation with you. I'll happily talk to Tracy, my partner, about how I'm feeling a bit melancholy mm-hmm. today and we might talk it out a little bit. The line I draw for me is in client work, they don't need to know. Mm-hmm. Is That's how I've approached it. Is I think that you know Seth Godin talks really interestingly about the distinction between authenticity and integrity and, and as a client that's paying you good money, asking you to be authentic in that moment to be like, I feel like shit. Mm-hmm. I'm not really sure I want to coach you today. Probably not. They want you to be consistent and act with an integrity with the relationship that you have. So for me, I'm I'm pretty good at being able to park it mm-hmm. for the client call and the client interaction and the things that I have to do. Or I might even try and move some of the meetings, recognizing I'm not in a great headspace. I'll mm-hmm. try and push them back and then confide in the people that I'm 
close enough to where it doesn't necessarily impact the work or the relationship. So, and so you on. are often my punching bag, Josh. Is <laughs> yeah, what I'm saying. No, no, I'm happy to be. <laughs> um, it's an honor. The but so on that, Seth. You know, using that example talks about the authentic pilot mm. the uh, <laughs> you, you don't want a, a pilot to feel like oh, i don't want to right. fly the plane today and that they fucking well he can know. feel like that but mm-hmm. he doesn't need to authentically share that mm-hmm. exactly yeah so uh but then this is where i think it's a little bit different po- like with the, the podcast mm. and this is i think what i this is what the struggle i know that when we're on a client shoot right you can get it i'm yeah. showing a certain like i've you know you've you're acting as if you're acting as if you are the director. No, like that, that's one thing I've worked out is everyone has their own story around, mm. you know, their own insecurities about their, you know, how they do things. Mm. But, you know, we are all acting as these different things in the context of the podcast. Mm. I don't think it is our job to not reveal that. So for instance, mm. our chat that we had on Monday, yeah, we wouldn't have had, within the context of a client of a client. Yeah. And so this is the fucked up thing too. We have clients that listen to yeah. the podcast. Super. Yeah, and so I'm very confused. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> Coach him through it, please. Can you give him a bit of coaching? I mean, right it's, a, it's a really unique. Are you cold TJ? Your, your fucking posture's <laughs> pissing no, me off. No, I can't like his it. biceps and his <laughs> triceps. Look at him. Like I said that in another episode this week. Yeah. Posture isn't always a sign of. You might just enjoy someone thinking. I actually am yeah. really comfy right now. Yeah. Okay. Look at my arms crossed. It's nice. Yeah. Okay, you look pretty content. Yeah, my I've just got a good elbow re- um, lean, and I'm and I like listening to Pete's voice mm-hmm. and and your problems. <laughs> <laughs> Should we try I'll bring, I'll bring, I'll yeah, bring try, it down. Coach him a bit on that. Well, no, I think that uh, I mean <laughs> I love this. this is, I love a big it, cup over here. Saying to someone, <laughs> Tommy, at, coach um, someone on like that is like you know saying to someone. Can you be funny? Be funny. Yeah, 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 <laughs> It's like, yeah. oh my gosh, what? Yeah, really? Mate, if you could, I would ask yeah, exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Let me see if it comes yeah, out naturally. Yeah. Why can't you be funny? <laughs> I'm trying. Because he's the algebra yeah. guy. <laughs> that's funny. Though, isn't it? Algebra? Yeah, yeah, that's, funny. that's funny. We could actually, Quirky. yeah. The algebra guy. That could be in Unique. Be yeah. gay. <laughs> yeah, you be the be gay. gay. The sad thing is, I'm sure there's people listening that are far better at algebra than me. I just had a pretty rudimentary understanding of it. Yeah. yeah. So, your, I, I think your dilemma is a really real and interesting one, which is what happens when who you are in the podcast requires a level of sharing the shit, mm-hmm. sharing the hard part, sharing the melancholy. Whereas in the client relationships, that built into that agreement is that you show up in a certain way as the director. Mm-hmm. And so, it doesn't require you to share that mm-hmm. necessarily. However, the commitment you've made to the audience and, and each other to do a podcast every single day and- it, to replicate from what you've told me, and this is why I love it, to replicate almost a friendship and the conversations you have as friends trying to figure stuff out, built into that is the humanity of when you have a shit day. So, it's almost like, yeah, it's consistent for you in this environment to share that. Mm -hmm. Whereas in a client circumstance, it doesn't quite fit the context. Yeah. But maybe some of the confusion is, is it appropriate? Or some of the questions around- Mm why you you even said that Mm. is you know well like i guess reality stars had this issue which it like it seems like it's sort of changed now where i feel like in the early 2000s Mm. it was reality stars feeling like they're you know showing everything and then social media came around and said oh you think that's showing everything here like we'll just give everyone the ability to live stream everything. Yeah. But now reality shows have become so ridiculous it's in their style. Yeah, yeah. They're like edited together in such a way that you're not like the the feedback from the stars mm. or, you know, the talent within the reality mm. show is, well, this isn't reality. So how is my, how am I going to be represented from a character perspective? Yeah. I um, think there's like an interesting thing of the, it's almost like the, Josh the podcaster is probably different to Josh the director who is mm-hmm. I still think probably different to Josh who walks with Pete. Mm-hmm. I think there are probably things that we talk about that you wouldn't necessarily bring on the podcast but that's not you being inauthentic. It's mm-hmm. you just it's almost like recognizing the context, what am I what's consistent for me to share. Yeah. And I think the business the, the podcast you did the other day was amazing. Did you wince though? Did you have moments of like I wouldn't have said that? No. I actually had moments of I respect and admire your ability to articulate that out loud, mm-hmm. 
knowing it's going to be heard by many others. Mm-hmm. I've no doubt those conversations are being had between you two. Nah. <laughs> yeah, no. That was the that. first time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now that you say it like yeah. that, fuck. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I thought that <laughs> Wait, we- people listened? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I thought the loan was 10, not 20. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And we had paid it back if yeah, you're wondering yeah, yeah. about paying back my parents. Yeah. Yeah, and I, based on the... Are you, are you saying that to your parents? Like, when are we getting that no, cash? No, no we, we transferred it. Yeah, on, the, on Monday, we did it. <laughs> <laughs> but it takes a bit to admit that. I yeah, think yeah. there are plenty of listeners out there that have probably been through a version of that of, oh, mm-hmm. man, maybe I have to go back home and live with my parents, like mm-hmm. the people we've been talking about, or maybe I have to take a loan off my parents nah. that wouldn't tell anyone. Yeah, yeah. No, definitely wouldn't tell anyone. The, the bit for us, I think, is like people's stories around what it means to be reckless. And so for us, like you listen to Elon Musk, or I was his mate telling the story. What's his name? Jason Calacanis. Jason Calacanis, best mates with mm-hmm. Elon Musk, have been for many, many years mm. before he was the famous Elon Musk. They used to go out together and <laughs> Jason yeah. would get recognized. Who's this guy? He's the this week's startups guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's a real quirk. He tells this yeah, amazing story about uh, Tesla about to go under. Like, and in, in he's like, man. Elon, I heard that it's like a couple of weeks of payroll you've got left. It's like, nah, it's like a couple of days. Yeah, yeah. Like that's reckless for a publicly Mm. listed company of that scale. And so that's where I- Did he share that publicly or just to Jason? That's public. It's a public story. He he has gone on to say because it was right at the moment of releasing the Type S, I think it was. or Mm. Yeah, I think the stock, it was 2008. Like it was, you know, financial crisis. Yeah. The stock was getting shorted. Yeah. Yeah, and they said five weeks. They, they were saying, you know, five, five weeks, weeks runway. And he's like, it's actually two yeah, weeks. Yeah, yeah. But where the story is wow. really interesting is uh, they're talking about the Model S. Um, saw clay versions of it. Life-size yeah. clay version mm-hmm. of the Type S. And uh, on, on uh, Elon's uh, BlackBerry <laughs> and Jason Calacanis said, oh, um, you know, do you, need, do you need some money? Like, how, like I can probably give you two mil, but that's really like the max. And it was only going to extend the runway for an extra couple of days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he said, nah, it's all fine. Jason goes home, says uh, to his wife, this is what's happening. And he had asked Elon, how much do you think the Model S will cost? He said, oh, I think I can do it for 50 grand. He's like, if you can do it for 50 grand, you know, you'll change the game. Yeah. Anyway, so Jason gets his checkbook, writes out a $50,000 check does another one, sends it to Tesla. Yeah. F- few weeks later, it gets um, cashed, the check. And uh, when the Model S came out, he uh, gets an email notification saying, you are order number 000001. Wow. Which is, mm. That's cool. That's and he's so got it in his cool. garage Much cooler now. story than any of ours. But he's got, wow. he's got it <laughs> yeah, yeah, number one good. in his garage. But then Elon yeah. has massively turned it around. But I think that's the top. That's talking about the richest, one of the richest guys in the world. Mm. But then so- that is ultimately reckless leaving, well, yeah. of a company that size getting so low. Well, I think the other thing too is we uh, we put entrepreneurs on pedestals. Oh. We do all of this mm, sort of stuff, totally. but then uh, for some reason we have different standards around the fr- friends and family. So if if a friend or family member did s- something an entrepreneur, it would be you know you would be uh, pushed down and said you, you know you're reckless. An entrepreneur doesn't, it's exciting and innovative and yeah. all of those things. No, I, I've had this conversation with so many people in the last few weeks of, I've been asked, you know, by some of these people that we've talked about that have lost their jobs and they're trying mm-hmm. to freelance and they've asked me, how do you think about it? How do you go about it? Things for you seem to, like, you seem to have a really good balance of it. And I'm like, oh, it's like, it's really hard. Mm-hmm. This is not, I'm not coasting at all. Yeah, like, yeah. I've borrowed money before. Like, mm-hmm. this is not something that is, super safe, super mm-hmm. secure, super easy. Yes, I do some work with Seth Godin and his team. And yes, I have a bunch of clients in America, but there are months and weeks and days where I'm like, what the, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. None of this works. None of this yeah. makes any sense. Mm-hmm. And, and that's I, what I get into with the breed. Like that's the, yeah. I need to, in those moments, be able to say, and she's seen it enough times that she's like, ah, oh, you don't mean that. I'm like I fucking do this time. <laughs> I like, feel like we've had these uh, conversations. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, and you need to do it because if like, for me, that's the coping mechanism. Yeah. So for me, how I operate is break everything down and then yeah. rebuild it in my head with my own. Yeah. So if by breaking it down and rebuilding my head, I need to make the decision right then and there. Mm. So, so, for instance, think about if you feel like feeling shit mm. on, a, on a day, right? The reason I feel shit is because I don't feel like I'm in control of the situation. Yeah. And the reason I don't feel like in control is not because other people are controlling me. Mm. 
It's because I've made decisions previous that I'm not happy about. Yeah. And so what I've worked out, I think, is that what I need to do is make the opposite decision mm. and, and say, break it all down, say it out loud, and then say, okay, I'm going to choose to do this. I'm going to choose to do that. And yeah. And so everyone's fine. Yeah. It's all good. Yeah. But you build it back up to a point where I'm like doing it the exact same thing, but I'm now doing it within my terms. Right. Well, I mean, that's why people go to therapists. That's why people hire coaches. Uh-huh. That's why people have support networks like you mm-hmm. and I talk about this sort of stuff. It's it's so underrated to say this stuff out loud. Yeah. Even in a confined like private setting. And mm-hmm. again, what I admired about that podcast you guys did was not only did you say it out loud to one another, but you said it. So that other people could hear and learn and benefit mm. from that. That this is not it's not it's not easy at all. It would mm. be easier for us to all go and work in a corporate job and get mm-hmm. a paycheck and superannuation and not have to worry about paying ourselves that. Mm-hmm. But that's not the path that we chose. Mm-hmm. And you're right. I think we totally put entrepreneurs and freelancers on pedestals. Think, wow, that's a such an easy lifestyle. You can take a Friday afternoon off. Oh, mm-hmm. I wish I could do that. And you're like, yeah. yeah, well, the sacrifice of that is yeah. I'm gonna work all day Saturday. Mm-hmm. because it's my business or I'm not going to have annual leave for mm-hmm. four years because I don't feel like I've earned it because it's my business. Like it's it's hard. Yeah. I mean, sick days. Yeah. Do you take those? Really think, no, yeah. like, like, but you just, the funny thing mm. is when you have a business, you just, um, when you feel sick, you say, I'm not sick. Like I'm not <laughs> sick enough to, like the thing. The, you get sick Friday night. Yeah. And recover by Monday morning. <laughs> and that's the whole thing. It's like, it's I'm happened so, many so times. true. Like I don't think there's been times where TJ and I have been sick enough to say, oh, no, we can't, can't work. Well, because you can't just say I'm sick, therefore I can forget about it all. It's, it still sits with you. It's just, <laughs> in fact, you feel worse because you're sitting at home yeah. feeling sick and you're just thinking mm-hmm. about it and you're thinking about it yeah, and you're thinking no, about it. It's not, nothing's removed. It's not, it's because I remember a time where it's like if you're working for someone, I mean, there's even job, like certain jobs where you still, like radio was always that mm. for me, which like you couldn't take a sick day because people were, f- you knew that you're, f- you fucked everything for everyone, yeah, right? right? Like yeah, it was yeah. a, it was the sort domino of domino effect. Yeah, it's just Jules Land effect. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you just couldn't do it. But even um, uh, uh, today, Tony announced that she was stopping doing her show for a, oh, wow. for a while, yeah. and that happened organically through a conversation that we had mm. before recording it, where she's like fucking burnt out mm. and working in radio. It is that thing of like it doesn't. Like the expectation is that you're working on the weekends and you're doing stuff and you're doing these big, like, um, I think we have a bit of balance here Mm. around that. Like we're really good at like not, um, if we were doing something on the weekend, there's time in lieu. There's all those sorts of things. Whereas you work in radio, that doesn't exist. Yeah. You do, you know, you, you do your weekend, like you work on the weekends. and Uh, One, one, um, in my head, what I say is, if I'm not feeling well and I, I, I'd say, fuck, if I was working for someone, I'd take today off. Yeah. And then I just go, then I have to do the day. <laughs> yeah. But it makes me feel a bit better thinking that, ah, definitely fun it in today. Yeah. yeah. It's like, absolutely not. Mm-hmm. But it's a choice. Yeah, we chose. We chose. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm. Ah, you feeling hydrated? I am. I've, I think I've, <sighs> it feels like I've drank a litre, but it looks like I've only drank about 100 mil. No, it's great. It's a, it's a really Do you get good through one of these per episode? Like it's a lot of water. That's a good, that's a good idea. Yeah. No, well, I'm definitely, I'm probably having three to four a day. Uh, so yeah, that's at decent. least three yeah. to four liters a day, which is very good. I, I, I don't know. Do you have reflux at all? Oh, acid reflux? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I get indigestion. Is that mm-hmm. the same thing? Yeah. Sometimes where I'll wake up in the middle of the night with heartburn. Do you think you've got a bigger esophagus than the mm-hmm. average person? I don't know. I have no idea. How do I find that out? I don't know. I just feel like it. Have you got a big torso? I'm pretty tall, yeah. Yeah, but is it in the torso or the legs? I think it might be in the legs. Mm-hmm. I have pretty long femurs, I've been told. Femurs, what are femurs they? Femurs being legs, part okay. of the legs. Yeah. Thigh bone. A leg bone, a thigh bone, yeah. Mate, you, you're very poetic between the melancholy and the fucking femurs. Mean? I mean, the melancholy <laughs> thing is funny. Yeah, no, but the melancholy thing, if... um. If you said to me, I'm feeling a bit melancholy, I'd say, oh, I am. Are you, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you baby boy? Are you a bit melancholy? Oh, yeah. yeah. Little- what is melancholy? Uh, sort of like flat, sad. Mm-hmm. Emo. It's sort of like- Yeah, no, I know. I, I know I was- when I think of it, I think like black and white, you know, like black and white, a bit dull, a bit grey, yeah. a bit sad, a bit flat, a bit low. No, I, yeah, I get the meaning, but I'm still just the word- it's a Fun, great funny, word. Yeah, I funny just, word, I think, I just melancholy. melancholy. I think it's I, very poetic. To, it feels like my, my origins. Yeah, my mum is like very good with words. She's mm-hmm. quite a 
quite a guru. English teacher? The English language. Yeah, right. She was an English teacher. So I grew up with these words in my head that I, I really liked. Your dad's a maths teacher? He's a maths teacher. Yeah. And so oh, no shout out, mum and dad. You had a <laughs> maths and English. Yeah. Yeah. Chubby over algebra. <laughs> <laughs> Good. It's in the genes. Yeah, it was. It's in the genes. It <laughs> is in the, the genes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, like, what are you excited about at the moment? Like, what do you actually wake up and get pumped about? I, in this moment, I'm excited about this crazy notion that Tracy and I are going to be away for five days from Saturday till Thursday. We're going camping at Malakuta. Oh, Where yeah, is no, Malakuta? Pending anything changing in the next f- four days. Malakuta had some fires. Malakuta yeah. is right on the east coast of Victoria. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's meant to be incredible. I've never been. Tracy used to go there every year for a family holiday. So we've booked a campsite for five nights. Nice. Toilets. Camping. I'm sure there's toilets, yeah. Mm-hmm. And swim, camp. I'll take my laptop, but I'm, the, the plan is to not, not work. Yeah. And you that bring feels like battery, such a novelty. Bringing like a battery for phone charging or that has, has power? I think there's power. Well, oh. Tracy's mum and stepdad have got a house, like an Airbnb sure. they're renting nearby, Okay, which is great. So, we're in a campsite, but we can walk and use power and shower and all that sort of stuff. Oh, great. That's yeah. nice. That was a good rhyme, power and shower. Power and and shower. We, we Sounds like a back. triple M special. <laughs> to the the power and shower. The power and shower. <laughs> it's uh, your news in under four minutes. <laughs> Power and shower. Jump in the shower. It's an hour of power. <laughs> yeah, 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 something yeah, like yeah. that. We, we believe in four-minute showers here <laughs> at Triple M. No, so, yeah, I'm excited about that. One thing the, the radio stations are doing now is they're putting the podcasts up as the shows are going. So, I, I'm subscribed to Marty Sheargold on Triple M. Oh, that's- and by 6.30 in the morning, they've already uploaded. Like, they start the show at 6. They've already uploaded their first segment that's like mm, the top what? news oh, so story. So they're recording 20 minutes behind, are they? No, no. So they're, nah, they're just like, I guess, I don't know how they, I guess if it's a five minute bit, the very first talk break or whatever within the show, they're just cutting it up and bringing it in. I was just impressed. And I've noticed that a bunch of shows are doing that now. That's outrageous. Yeah. What's your consumption like? What are you listening to? Are you on the audio book or podcast realm at the moment yeah so i you're right i oscillate between the two depending on what mood i'm in is <laughs> another good word for you yeah. oscillate mm-hmm. I, I do like oscillate i am podcast listening at the moment mm-hmm. and doing a lot of reading tracy and i have replaced watching well we don't watch netflix or tv instead mm-hmm. we'll read which has been a oh, really that's good, awesome how long have you really been doing habit? that for a little while now i've been living at their her, her place since december and we do it pretty much every night since then mm-hmm. yeah which has been that's been a great habit. that's huge how much are you that's i'm reading so much more than I used to. Yeah. It's incredible. Are you blown away by that, TJ? I think I've read, I think I'm up to nine books for the nah, year. So he's, um, he's got no kids. Yeah. Well, that, he's got, I, I've got, that got luxury. the choice. Yeah, I do. Yeah. You right. have the choice too, Josh. I know. You but just watched The City. Yeah. And now fucking Brie loves maths. But I, Brie's. Wait, was that maths or maths? Maths. Doing maths. Math. Ma- ma- math. Math. Yeah, maths. Math. 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 So reading. There's something really stupid about, you know, turn, you know, Turning things into a little nickname yeah, like yeah, Mass. Yeah, yeah, it's dumb. Yeah, but can I just say that Brie, she works so hard. Her thing is like she works so hard during the day yeah. that she – this is very loud, TJ. Um, <laughs> that by the end of the day, she's like, let me just unwind. We don't need to watch it. Great story. Yeah. It is a great, great story. story. Yeah. Which you I also understand. say that's well, with, why I eat Mac every night. But everyone works differently, don't they? Because yeah. I feel like, you know, I – use the time, watch something. But even sleeping, I said to um, uh, when I was having my blow up, I said to Brie, I was like, oh, you know, like I don't even like when I go to bed early, you get upset. And so it's like I can't, I don't even control can't my win. bedtime. I, I don't even I don't control anything anymore. And then she said, open up, Joshie. <laughs> Fed him a little bit of food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here comes the aeroplane, Joshie. <laughs> no, I want the track. Yeah. I want the track tonight. Oh, someone feeling melancholy. <laughs> so lots but, of reading. Yeah, yeah, yeah so reading. reading's good. And listening-wise, podcasts, mm-hmm. I've been getting right around Armchair Expert. I think, I'm, I think I'm late to the party. I only discovered it mm-hmm. this year. Yeah. And so I've been binging all sorts of episodes of that podcast, which I think is it's such a good podcast. And I've been dabbling here and there listening to some clubhouse rooms, mm-hmm. which is I find it's like either extreme. Either you're Circle like, jerk. how awesome is this that you get to listen to like mm-hmm. the person who wrote that book or yeah. started that business do a live Q&A or you go into a room and go, this is so horrendous. Yeah, who I don't the want to be fuck here. Are exactly. these people? Yeah. So I've been dabbling a little bit in audio clubhouse, but mainly- 
Armchair Expert is mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah, I'm right into it. And, of course, The Daily Talk Show. Thank you. Um, there's a, there's a podcast. Uh, have you heard of Fresh Air? No. So it's a NPR. It's been around for years and years and years. Terry uh, Grouse, I think, is her, is her name. Terry Gross, Terry Grouse. I can't remember. But um, she has an episode with uh, uh, Sasha Baron Cohen oh, wow. um, nice. on the latest episode. It's very good. That'd be epic. Yeah. Just hearing about... Um, in the, have you seen the Borat, the latest Borat film? No. So you know about the Giuliani scene? I heard where he, about yeah. it. It's just the, the lawyer yeah, and they were in the exactly. hotel room. Yeah. Um, because Terry says to um, Sasha, it's like, I heard that you, um, your release forms are quite convoluted and all that sort of thing. That's how you do it. And I th- straight away thought it's like, from a legal perspective, I remember working at Invato, like a tech company. Mm. They spent so much time the lawyers about simplifying language mm. because if you want any contract to hold up in court, yeah. it needs to be easily understood. Easily interpreted. Yeah. So you can't you can't just fucking hide shit and make it hard. He's like, yeah, no, like it's not convoluted at all. Also with the Giuliani thing, so there's hidden cameras and stuff. Mm. He had to sign a release form that said that in the actual release form, it said that they would be using hidden cameras. Wow. And you just didn't, didn't, read, didn't it. read it. Just didn't read it. Uh-huh. That's nuts. I mean, and uh, also Sasha Baron Cohen talks about there's a scene where he goes to an anti-mask slash pro-gun rally event. Is a combo. Uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. And he, mm-hmm. um, it, it was hectic. Uh, but th- th- he was saying how uh, they found out who he was. He was doing, he was sort of, you know, playing his Borat character mm. and uh, people started chasing him, really? and the a guy actually pulled out was reached for his gun, and Sasha's a bodyguard grabbed the guy's hand and said, hey, "He's not worth it," and they they didn't shoot at him or whatever. But he ended up Sasha ended up in an ambulance like uh, with his legs up against the door to hold it shut. Wow! As people were trying to fucking get in. Oh my god! It's very full on. That's nuts. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of Easy. contracts. Yeah. yeah. Force majeure. What's that? Force majeure. Force majeure. I haven't heard of it. Well, it's this clause. I used to do a bit of contracting when I was working in corporates. And force majeure was this clause that- Made you, you go for French food on Fridays. <laughs> basically. <laughs> force majeure. Yeah. Basically, yeah. you include, a, a pretty much included in most contracts is my understanding. It's a French and onion soup. It protects it? against, it's like a literal definition, I think, is it protects against acts of God- which oh, is yes. essentially like mm-hmm. catastrophes mm-hmm. and pandemics. And mm-hmm. so in the last 12 oh, months, fuck. it's been like the clause that everyone is now being like, oh, this is actually super handy. We are protected because of force majeure. Oh, no. Yeah. You, could, you could imagine um, yeah, insurance companies just trying to get out Dude. of a bunch of stuff. They already do for everything. <laughs> Isn't that their business that's model? Their, yeah, they yeah. Get don't out want of everything. to have claims put through. Mm-hmm. It's, that's, in, that's upsetting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, the hundredth, you know, hundred, one in a hundred years. Every hundred years is something like a pandemic. Mm. Yeah. Is there like, what's been the biggest thing that's changed in your mind during all this pandemic? Like, what's the the thing that, you, like, I feel like this has revealed a bunch of blind spots for people. Mm. What What was the Do you think the they know, point? though? Do you think they know? The I, think that, yeah, I think seeing it's so obvious. I think that, so there's obviously like the gratitude piece on like how good things were. Yeah. Like that's an obvious one. Is but a blind spot living in New York can't actually afford it, and as soon as you can't make any money, you're done. No, no blind no? blind spot. Uh, my interpretation would almost be like um, not realizing how good it is, like being on stage and performing for people, and then mm. just being like how much you rely on that stuff or rely on your castmates or those yeah. types of things. Yeah, I feel like it's almost like missed gratitude mm-hmm. for what we had. Yeah, I think there's the the realization of how th- good things were. And the realisation of how good things are for Mm -hmm. us in Australia. I feel like we're just so lucky that we're in Australia in the last 12 months. And and then just little things like I lived a life that was probably more chaotic than it needed to be. Mm -hmm. And not like in a crazy chaotic way, but in a, I did this exercise with Jen where we went back and looked at our calendars from January last year. And it was like, you know, one day I was in Collingwood and then in the city and then South Melbourne and then back to Elwood. And then the next day I had like right 12 hours of meetings. And then the next day, and it was, I looked at that calendar. I was like, that is so anxiety inducing. Mm-hmm. Now you, you're lucky if you, you know, well, for a while you weren't allowed to leave the 5K radius. I mean, calendars and, are a, a um, 
tricky subject with us. Oh, okay. We're I just going to scratch a wound. Sorry. What, what are we, Feb? 2021. So go back yeah, to Jan yeah, yeah. 2020. Just, so yeah, 25th. Let's, the no, let's look at Jan. Just look in. Wild, wild exercise. So Jan. Oh, my God. I've got all of Josh's. I've got your calendar in my fucking. Oh, really? <laughs> Brie, FFG, Guzmani Gomez. Uh, walk, Pete Shepard. Oh, here we go. There I am. This mine. is mine. I've got your calendar. I'm going to turn it off. <laughs> oh, here we go. January. So. Uh, I've got Mason's in there too. I'm January. just going to turn off everything. Hang on. I'm sure, this is good. June, podcast, May. Probably should just do the big calendar view. Here you go. I can swipe back. All right. So, Jan. <laughs> what the fuck do I have all yours? Jan 2020. Is there lots in there? Does it make you kind of anxious and overwhelmed? <gasps> Hiking with Luke. Who's the be- Luke? The Beach House <laughs> filming. Shout out, Luke. <laughs> yeah. I think yeah, Luke. Oh, no, I know Luke. <laughs> Went hiking with Luke. My muscle oh, I was delivery. calendarizing stuff. Selects for Country Road. Edit. Going go. on. Um, production office tour where we did the, the video of the studio tour. That was on uh, January 8th. Um, oh, walk with Periscope. That's me. Um, 7.30. Yeah, we did early mornings. Yeah, yeah. At, on the ni- Thursday the 9th. That was a good walk, that one. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. That day I um, had, we had Simon Taylor on the on the show. Yeah, wow. so I, I think like the realization I had was I was filling my calendar with so much stuff mm-hmm. because I, I don't know, I, I thought I had to or I didn't even, I was doing it unconsciously. I was telling myself a story I needed to. And I think the simplification that has happened over the last 12 months for everyone's life has been really hard and the opportunity I've seen is, okay, so what like what does it look like to craft your calendar a bit more intentionally now? Mm-hmm. You don't have to go all of these different places. I mean, I was um, reading an article uh, in the Philippines. Mm. Kids under 14 have not left their house for a year. What? Because of COVID? Yeah. Oh, they basically, so, so they've- brutal. They, because there's a lot of intergenerational living- so a, a huge amount of um, kids live with grandparents who are in the high risk. Yeah, in the yeah. high, and so they've the high. But imagine that. Imagine oh being. Imagine being under fourteen, mm. and the actual law. So no malls, no anything. You actually you have to stay at your home. That's brutal for the entire time if you are under the age yeah. of fourteen. It's almost Crazy. dangerous. Like the the, the schools uh, send kids away at that age mm-hmm. to you know like. Some private school and like recognize these kids are going to be fucking wild in year nine. They on camps. Yeah. They're like eight weeks. Mm-hmm. It's like nothing like <laughs> in school. In the bush. It's, yeah. It's yeah. more just like life skill. Like, mate, I was, a, I was naughty at 14. That's outrageous. Yeah. That's you brutal. just wonder about the, um, yeah, the COVID generation or whatever. Yeah, like, what yeah. is, what's all this going to look like? What's the, you see, like, I think that even the mental health thing, when you mm. hear, mm talking about the mental health thing i think that i almost like didn't connect with it as much yeah. like you almost like oh, yeah, yeah like as in oh the mental health ramifications like it's a little like for whatever reason i didn't yeah. really connect with it but you actually see now yeah it's brutal. every 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 person i speak to are having even if you're doing better mm. like this is the common thing that everyone's saying. It's like, you know, there's two camps, people who did remarkably worse, mm. you know, and that's lower socioeconomic. Mm. Unfortunately, that's what's happening. It's like if you're poor, you become poorer. Yeah. And if yeah. you are well off, you become richer. Yeah. Um, but the thing is that even that aside, it feels like there's a huge amount of people who are struggling. Mm. Um, and so, and and this is just the beginning. Yeah. I don't think that it's... Us opening up, it's like you can have a great weekend. Mm. You can be all open up and get to do whatever you want on the weekend. Yeah. But you can fucking guarantee that the Monday Monday is going to be a big shock to the system. Yeah. If you haven't fucking been social yeah. for months. Yeah. And then you're having all these social interactions. Yeah. It fucks with you. Yeah. I was talking, I actually was talking to my therapist about this where I, I was sharing with her that I was surprised how tired and anxious I became when we got out of lockdown mm-hmm. because I was like, this is the thing we all wanted, wasn't it? Like, I don't understand. We've gone back to what we're used to. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she sort of helped me unpack a little bit of like, 
it's not even it's not that you've gone back it's actually it's all new again so mm-hmm. it's like going it's like that first couple of weeks where we went into lockdown when it was like anxieties were high what is going on uncertainty you just went through that again mm-hmm. to come out of lockdown and then you go into a snap five day lockdown and you kind of go through a mini version of it again and then we come out of the snap five and you're into it again so it's mm-hmm. like it's yeah i think the the cost of mental the cost on our mental health even those of those of us who are privileged enough to be doing okay mm-hmm. It's still huge. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's still ri- there's rich people that have got serious fucking mental health problems. Yeah. There's happy people that experience severe mental health. You know, like- Yeah. Doesn't discriminate. No. Melancholy. It's real. It's fucking mm-hmm. melancholy. It's melancholy. Yeah. We would call the episode melancholy, but it's- uh, It's a bit melancholy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a pretty upbeat episode too, hasn't no, it? It's been, been good, mate. It's been good to have you yeah. back in. Thank you for coming in. And um, how's the podcast going? Going well. We're up to, I think, 126, 127. Mm-hmm. It's great. We had our first interview ever mm-hmm. with Seth, which was fun. That's great. Yeah, and other than that, we're just chipping away one a week still. Which Any plans great. to stop? No, none. <laughs> Any plans to keep it going? No, we love it. Yeah, I mean the the we love doing it even if no one was listening, mm-hmm. and I feel like that's a really important part of a process or a practice or a creative endeavor. Is you, we decided to do it once a week, regardless of what would happen. I'd be mm-hmm. like you guys mm-hmm. once a day. And and so the decision has already been made. You mm-hmm. just keep showing up and doing it each week. And we're still here. And we're still here. Yeah. 967 episodes later. What's mm-hmm. the plan for 1,000? Haven't worked it out, mate. Oof. Don't put that pressure on sorry, us. Sorry, sorry, sorry. What do you think we should do? That's a good point. Like, I, I'm not married to anything, So to Ryan Shelton's got to be involved in some yeah, way. Yeah, I'd like Ryan to yeah, be yeah. part of it. Okay. You should be a part of it. That'd be oh, nice. You've got Ryan by the sound of it. No, so. but I think that we could do one idea that I had Can on we the drive-in. Yeah, go, go, sorry. Uh, a thousand minutes. How long is that? Divide it by 60. One hour. Can you work it's, it out? It's around. Yeah, use some algebra. Is it 10 hours and 400 minutes? Like one hour 40 would be 60 minutes. So you just add a zero to that? So if you do 400, then what's 400 minutes? Right. Yeah. I don't think that's It's like 12 right. hours. Yeah, it's, it's long. probably long. But if 1, we- 1,000 divided by 60. 16.66. 16 hours. 66, the devil. So it's, n- I mean, hours. it's, n- but it's nowhere near 24 hours. Nah, it's a bit. And so it could be a nicer. Yeah, I did think about like 24 hours. You could do a thousand seconds. We had to take annual leave after the. Yeah, yeah. what about a, a thousand seconds? <laughs> oh, yeah, what is a thousand seconds? So that would be 16. That'd be 1.6 hours, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah, that's. <laughs> oh, that's nice. This yeah. is a long app. No, but I think the. Um, I think we, yeah. So the appeal, I think that part of it is. With all of the, I don't know if I'm mentally no, ready fair. to go on stage and do some no, big performance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we don't want I don't know. I don't know. Well, like, we might not be allowed to. When is it? It's going to be in a month or so. April. Okay. March, April. April, yeah. April, April, March. And so March, April. April maybe, 7, I think. It'd be nice to do something, but if we could do it live, I'd love to still have Gronks watching live or whatever. Yeah. So if there was like a live stream, this setup's comfy. This is a great setup. If we, you know, we could have. Every hour, just having guests on, we could do a bunch of remote stuff and just have fun with it. Mm. I feel like this could work. Mm. It's a Tuesday, I think. Yeah. Um, Good day, Tuesday. Yeah, we'll knock out the week. Chewy Tuesday. Is it Chewy Tuesday? Yeah. yeah, yeah One every hour until we shit ourselves. <laughs> a thousand pieces of Chewy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what about, yeah, yeah, there's something in the number. What a about a thousand calories every 1K, hour? 1K. Oh. Thousand no, there's a thousand. You're gonna eat a thousand. That's all you get. <laughs> easy, too easy. easy. Yeah, a thousand steps. A thousand. Um, a thousand guests. What if you spoke to a thousand people nah, on nah, the show? Nah, nah. <laughs> that's a lot. That's a fucking lot of people. Thousand. You can only do. You can only get food from a thousand meters away. Oh yeah. A thousand dollars worth of food. No. A thousand bucks. Yeah, no, we thought. We thought. We've all done, all we are brainstorming. We're going this to do good. that for episode five hundred. So here's then the challenge. Uh, it's grandiose. It's a big number. Uh-huh. Uh, most people will never do a thousand podcasts. Mm. I'll probably do what uh, ha- hardly anything that other people do in my life. It's a weird one that why we've mm-hmm. even done that. To be honest, probably lots of people will do a thousand podcasts now. Like not just everyone's going to uh, have a podcast. But so the can point, they no, stick but, with yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. So that, that is the point. Can we haven't stick? stopped. Uh, mm-hmm. Had a few little breaks, but mm-hmm. never thought no. Yeah, yeah. Wasn't there? There was some research. It was a few years ago now. But it was like the average number of po- episodes per podcast in the library. Oh, yeah. Something like eight, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you got all these podcasts that start and mm-hmm. don't get past episode eight. Yeah. Josh speaking got to eleven. Oof. Yeah, it's a, <laughs> over yeah, the that ten, yeah. that ten break, that yeah. ten sun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but 
There's also like in the last little while, this the Monday's episode, even what what you know the, the transition from a, a month or so of just us talking shit mm-hmm. because we were going through some stuff and we didn't really want to go there. But it's also like you see how it's, you just can't like not stopping is the thing that you need to do. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so if it's I don't know, but then you want to celebrate. It's like a it's like the bloke that doesn't want to fucking celebrate his birthday, but he kind of loves yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's us. Yeah. Oh, not we me. Love it. Nah, no, not. I think we could definitely don't do make something. a big deal, but seriously, yeah, make yeah. a big deal about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah I yeah, think yeah, we could yeah. do something fun uh, in the studio, live streamed. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Peter Shepard, thank you for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. Good to be here yeah. again, guys. Thanks. Uh, hi at thedailytalkshow.com if you want to send us an email. Otherwise, uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Have a good one. See you guys. See you, team. <laughs>